crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Okay, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? Brewers fall in game one of a three-game series in the wild card series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Six to three the final today. I'm Dominic Catronio. We're going to have sound from the clubhouse. We're going to hear from Craig Council. Greg Natsik will join me here as well on WTMJ. But most importantly, I want to hear from you, the fans. 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on the program this evening, pulling up the, uh, the site here and getting ready to roll. But First and foremost, to me, a, a couple of stories and a couple of pieces from this. And I want to open the show as I have all season long with the same guy that I've been all year, optimistic. Okay. I, I just had this thought a moment ago, and I just, it, it came to a realization. When was, you know, when was the last time we saw a team from Phoenix as the opponent for the team from Milwaukee in the postseason? And the team from Phoenix got out to an early lead. And a rallying cry, a Bucks in six came. Maybe a Brewers in three will be the new thing, right? Then a Brewers in three for the DS against the Dodgers, Brewers in four, whatever it may be. The point is, it ain't over till it's over. I understand today's deflating, and it's frustrating. They went really, really underwhelmed uh, with runners in scoring position today, which is the song and dance we've seen all season long. It's not over, though. Freddie Peralta will start game two. That is official, as just announced a few moments ago. Obviously, no Brandon Woodruff. Obviously, Corbin Burns was not himself today, and that's where I want to begin today's start. You're not going to survive allowing three home runs in most starts, let alone in the playoffs, but yet he almost did. The Brewers gave him a 3-0 lead. He allowed a two-run shot to Corbin Carroll, who's going to be the Rookie of the Year, a back-to-back shot to Cattell Marte on an ambush in that third inning, and then three batters later to lead off the fourth inning. When he had a 2-2 two and two count on Gabriel Moreno, he gave up a hanging slider, the first time in this new-look slider that he has allowed a home run. And I just want to say the, the cutter in the Marte, he was sitting on it. That I tipped my cap to Marte. But I thought the other two caught way too much of the plate. The changeup is a pitch that you, you're you looking for swing and miss on. You're looking for it to be below the zone. He caught the plate. It is what it is. Then Moreno, uh, a hanging slider. He did what he's supposed to do with a hanging slider. 430 foot, no doubter, to left center field. You're not going to survive giving up three homers. And yet, he, it was only four runs for the majority of this game. And if you listened in yesterday's preview show... One of my main keys, one of my five keys, was get the four runs. The Brewers did not get the four runs, and they had plenty of opportunity to do so. They could have got Corbin Burns off the hook, but again, I fall back on the fact Corbin Burns was not his ace-like self, and you know, thank goodness for Abner Uribe in his eyes because he walked the first two batters, did Burns in the fifth inning, and Abner managed to get out of that fifth inning where it could have been a whole lot worse. The bullpen, until Devin, saved Corbin Burns for the most part today, but as I say over and over, the teams that slug in the postseason always end up winning. And ESPN showed the graphic uh, during today's game about how important it is to have uh, multiple uh, home runs and what you can do with home runs. I think it was 22-8 and eight last season. 
when the team out-homers the other team in the postseason? It's a pretty simple formula. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Let's get to a few phone lines here. Uh, let's get to Zach from Racine. You are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Well, thank you, Dom. And, you know, uh, I was at the game tonight, and, you know, this isn't so much stat-based, but uh, I, I have to say, I was a little disappointed and not with the team as much, you know. Sometimes the ball doesn't go your way. You know, a hot shot just lands in a glove. But I was a little disappointed because, you know, we're only down a run for most of the game, and I'm hearing a lot of boos from the fans. It wasn't really that full of a stadium. And, you know, I, I'm not hearing the support from our team you know, from our fans for the team during playoff baseball. And that was very frustrating. You know, you, mm. you want to hear support for everybody. Things aren't going your Absolutely. way. You got to cheer the team on. And I, I really hope to, to hear that for tomorrow's game and, you know, hopefully Thursday's game as well. I agree. Gonna, I, I appreciate yeah, I appreciate the the bluntness there, Zach. I, I'm not one to call. I thought it was very loud tonight, but there were moments, you're right, that you thought like, oh, get up with two strikes. But I, I, I'm not going to tread down. I'm going to tread lightly. I, I think every fan base, it's easy to go to that in the postseason. You're getting fans that maybe have only been to a couple of games all season. It's kind of funny. You could kind of see a line of demarcation at times of like, entire sections that were standing and getting with the memo, and then you get some of the more premium seats. Nobody was really standing. But I, I'm not going to blame this one on the fans. I do appreciate, though, the honesty there, Zach. Thanks for calling in. Let's stay on the phone lines. Uh, let's get out to Andy. You're sitting on the freeway dealing with traffic. You're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hello? Hey, Andy. Make sure you turn down your radio. You're live on the radio. Yeah, my radio's down. What do you want to talk about Hello? today, Andy? Well... I think the fifth, uh, I think it was what the fifth inning where they had bases loaded and no outs and couldn't even mm-hmm. score a run. I think that pretty much says it for the way the, game, the rest of the game went after we got past the second inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the moment of the game. You know, uh, I, I look to Greg Matzik, who will be joining us in just a little bit. I look to Greg in that moment, bases loaded, nobody out. You're against a young reliever who was a starter for most of the season, Ryan Nelson. And I said, okay, you know, this is the moment you have to score here because they didn't have a lefty to face Bryce Terang. It it was Bryce's job to get the ball in play. He struck out. So that opened the door for the double play. But granted, it wasn't a traditional double play. I'll give Tyrone credit. I'm sure you will too. Tyrone barreled that ball, and I tip my cap to Evan Longoria's play. Yeah, yeah. There was some uh, poor base running uh, with Adamus on one play mm-hmm. and uh, Yelich on another too. That they weren't paying attention close enough. Exactly. Yeah, the, 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 the Adamus jumping off was a massive moment, and and I'll explain the Yelich play a little bit. I understand what Yelich saw, and I'll break that down in a moment. But uh, yeah, it's just those two plays certainly feel much more massive because it's the postseason, right? You, every mistake seems to be penalized, and you get you just feel, oh, what if? You know, you're sitting there like, oh, my gosh, what if? What you could do in a situation like that? And a couple of, I mean, early in the game, the base running was the story. I, I appreciate the call there, uh, Andy, for joining in here. Uh, the, the, the story was the great first to third route from Yelich in the first to get to third base for Santana's single on the little stoink from William Contreras. Uh, the great base running from Willie Adamas, that was in the third inning, but they didn't cash that in. They had second and third and only one out. Donaldson popped out. Terrain walked, he, and then he uh, was uh, grounded out with Ty- Tyrone Taylor grounded out as well. 
I thought the Brewers, I mean, we know this, the Brewers had opportunities. They did not get the hit. It sounds like a broken record. It sounds annoying. It sounds like, oh my gosh, come on, Dom, you got to come up with something else. But it's true. They get a hit in just one of those scenarios. I mean, they get a hit with bases loaded, nobody out. That inning's going to snowball. You know, that you're not going to win many playoff games only scoring three runs. I mean, look at today. The Rangers won 4 nothing. The Twins won a game 3-1 to one with Pablo Lopez pitching great. And the Phillies only scored four runs today, right? Your runs are at a premium in the postseason, and you have to get it done when you get this many opportunities to score some runs. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Appreciate you guys all hanging out here. Let me get a couple more calls here in this first segment. Uh, Rick from Chicago, you're coming in live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi, enjoy your show. Uh, I'm not going to criticize Brewer fans. They're great and they're long-suffering. Very deflating tonight. I haven't given up, but very deflating. Two questions. One, why isn't Monasterio starting at second base? He's got a good glove, and he's a much better hitter than Terrain. Number two, can you please explain to me, in a one-run game in the eighth inning, that Craig Council would pinch hit Jesse Winkler, who's done nothing this year and nothing in the last two or three months? Yeah, I, I, I'll start with the Winker one. I, I don't have an answer for that, truly. I was sitting here today when I saw the roster came out, and if you listened to the preview show yesterday, Kurt Hogue and I talked about the possibility that Jesse Winker was going to be on this roster. And I, I just kept wrapping my brain, like, okay, well, you know, you try to talk yourself into it, but then you sit there like, no, wait. He hasn't played in the big league since July 24th, and I know he's been playing games in AAA, and he feels healthy-ish, and then he takes a swing, and he feels his oblique all of a sudden, and he's just like, okay, yeah, this is why, right? You're just... He saw three straight fastballs, and he struck out. And Jesse Winker, I, I, it's a career-worst year for him. Craig Council, I think the thinking, if I'm Craig Council, I'm not defending this decision in any way. I think it was dumb. I, I just think that he's thinking, okay, here's a guy that can work a walk, which is what they said, but then he's behind 0-2, and then he's already out there with the trainer, and it came crashing down. In my opinion, the Brewers have an opportunity to right a wrong here. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, an opportunity to right a wrong here. They can put Jesse Winker on the injured list here and bring in a Telez or a Mitchell to replace him and fix that. I, I, I really do not understand it. We'll talk about that with Greg Matzica. Well, and then to the first part of your question on Andrew Monasterio, and remember he was on fire when the Brewers first signed uh, Josh Donaldson. Like, hey, no, I, I can still play third base. I can still do this. He finished the year with just a 528 OPS. That was over his last 20 or so games. And remember, he really fell off in August, which is why they went out and got Josh Donaldson because of Andrew Monasterio's lack of production. Again, a 590 OPS, only a 211 batting average in August. And then he got going a little there at the start of September. And the reason why Terang, it's the defense. I mean, what he can do with the glove is the reason why he's in over Monasterio uh, and because you're facing a right-hand pitcher. If you're facing a left-handed starter, I would imagine Monasterio would slide into that spot. We got a lot more calls to get to. We're just getting started on the show here, I promise. A lot to get to today. Stay patient on the line. I see all of you, Brian, Clifford, Matt. I will get to you guys. I got a lot of text in here I got to read. All that is coming up in just a moment. Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. Playoff season is here, and just like Milwaukee's baseball team, Fifth Third Bank is ready for the for delivery to you for this October. With an expanded team of professionals entrenched in the community, they offer state-of-the-art banking ideas and solutions to help your businesses and organizations grow and succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third, Fifth Third Milwaukee can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association, member FDIC. We're going to hit the reset. 
We're going to get these calls in coming up after the breather. 855-616-1620. I want to give the platform for a fan's night. It's just game one, but now your backup is against the wall, and you're handing the ball to Freddie Peralta tomorrow. Brewers fall 6-3 in game one of the Wild Card Series. Back with more after this on WTMJ. Brewers postseason coverage here on WTMJ is brought to you by Network Health. For over 40 years, Network Health has been making health insurance affordable and understandable so you can make the most of your coverage. If you're looking for individual coverage, Medicare Advantage, or even coverage for your employees, visit NetworkHealth.com slash playoffs. Again, NetworkHealth.com slash playoffs. And they've got a plan for you. 855-616-1620. Let me get to a few of these texts here as well. Josh in Milwaukee, that was dot, 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 rough. Burns was nothing special. The offense had a myriad of opportunities to break the game open and couldn't. And Williams leaked oil to the point of getting the hook. I'm really trying to be positive, but the vibes aren't good leaving the ballpark right now. Appreciate the honesty. Another one, what a frustrating game. Arizona took patient ABs the whole game. Burns getting squeezed on the edges. 12 hits and only three runs. With Tyrone getting robbed. By Longo. Unloading our entire pen minus McGill and Ray. Peralta going tomorrow. Feels like we're cooked staring down Gallon. Uh, another one from the 715 area code. Everything was backwards tonight. Some of the best pitchers in the league gave up runs. Some of the worst bull- bullpens gave up nothing. That and runners and left on base hurt big time. Uh, let me get to a few more of these texts in just a moment. Again, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. A few of you guys have been waiting through the break patiently uh, to get on the phone line. Let's get to Brian from Tosa. You've been listening all season long. Brian, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. As always, thanks for taking my call, Dom. Um, I was at the game. Um, Burns, this is him This all this year. He has one inning where he just seems to lose it. He gets squeezed. I think it gets in his head. And then he, he's trying to, you know, get ahead of the count, and they're sitting on it, and he gives up home runs. Um, you know, the bugaboo the whole year, as I've mentioned, is hitting in the clutch. When we score four runs, we're a ridiculous record, right? I mean, we're like 70-something, and I don't know what it is, but when we don't score four runs, we're, we're really bad. And that's the number, and we had chances. And, hey, the Diamondbacks played some good defense. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But the clutch hitting is, is you know, he is all or nothing. Either we put up 12 runs, 16 runs, or we can't scrape. And we had the starter on the ropes early, and we let him off, and then we basically we go quiet. And I just – it was my concern going in, and I'm still concerned. Freddie, I hope, brings his best, but I think he's a little bit tired. He's pitched a lot this year. He's seen off his last game, and Gallon facing – you know, hopefully he'll have a bad game and we can even it up. But I, I'm a little concerned, and uh, I just think uh, this has been our undoing, and – it's going to probably be our undoing uh, again. So, Yeah, I appreciate the honesty there, Brian. I, I, I see what you're seeing. I mean, Zach Allen is a bona fide ace. He's a top five uh, Cy Young vote-getter, I imagine, this season. The Brewers have had trouble with him twice this season. He is going to be a tough cookie, but if there's any silver lining, he hasn't been the same guy really in the second half, and I know he had a complete game shutout earlier in September against the Cubs, but since then, he's got a 4.84 ERA, and opponents hitting 2.79 with a 7.94 OPS against, and... Quite frankly, you know, he, he pitched well against the Astros. I'll give him that. Worked into the seventh and only gave up two runs, and he's going to be, you know, let off the hook. You can go as long as you want here, dude, because this bullpen really 
really pitched well. But in the second half overall, he wasn't quite himself. Multiple outings of more than five uh, five or more runs. Uh, once against the Cardinals, once against the Dodgers, once against the Orioles. Uh, he even gave up four runs against the Giants and seven runs against the Mets. So he hasn't been the same guy in the second half. And you can say the same thing about Corbin Burns uh, coming into this game, that he hasn't really been his Cy Young self. Uh, Greg Matzik's going to join us in just a little bit. Let me get to a few more text here as well. When it took a Cubs loss rather than a Brewer win to celebrate the division title, I was convinced the Brewers did not have the momentum to pass through the postseason. Hope they can at least be a wild card team. I mean, I'll counter you with the fact that the Diamondbacks had scored, what was it, three runs over their last five games? I, I mean, they didn't have any momentum coming into this either. So momentum in the postseason is made up. I don't think it really matters. It's just everything gets wiped to zero coming into the postseason. And today, the Diamondbacks are up one nothing, and you move from there. Uh, on the base pass, Burns struggled when they needed the most. Bryce Terang still has a hole in a swing. Adamas and Yelich, man, got to get it right on the base paths. Those were a couple of big plays. Adamas, that was a mistake. Yelich was being aggressive, and it was a mistake as well. So you get burned on mistakes in the postseason. Uh, let me get to a few more calls here as well. Uh, 855-616-1620. Uh, Matt in Watertown, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you got it. We were at the game again tonight, too. Really looking forward to seeing Freddie tomorrow. I think people forget that Freddie's been, what, one of the top three pitchers second half of the season. I will take him against anybody in the world right now. Um, I disagree with Zach completely. I think the fans were awesome tonight up until about the end of the seventh, eighth inning. Once we had left 11 guys on, lined into a hard double play, and saw Jesse Winker come into the plate, that's when the fans started to turn. But up until eighth inning, I think the crowd was in it all the way. I agree. I'm with you there, Matt. I appreciate the optimism. And it's it's execution, right? I mean, this this crowd was rocking. I mean, I even tweeted it. I, I just want to give the kudos to the booth next door to me, the in-game entertainment team here at American Family Field. They had a goal this season to say, let's make this – a livelier atmosphere at American Family Field. Uh, a little less organ, a little more bass, if you will. The, the bitch and change dance parties, the the crowd fire up, and that's part of the postseason, uh, you know, show, as you will. Because when you go live, you always want to see the towels flying and everything like that. But it's plain and simple, right? Those first three innings, there was plenty to cheer about. And Matt, I I, I know I still got you here. Like the the excitement of those first three innings, you could feel it. And you're right, there was excitement and there was energy in this ballpark and they just needed something to cheer about here after that fifth inning. Oh, yeah. I think the excitement was there all the way. Like I said, Jesse Winker coming up, that was kind of the nail in the coffin. Yeah, there were some mixed uh, mixed reviews when his name was announced. Appreciate the call there, Matt. Thanks for your listenership. Let's get to Joey out in Richfield. Uh, Joey, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, thanks so much for taking the call. Um I, I, you know, in my opinion, it's this is postseason baseball. It's very unpredictable. You have to give credit where credit is due. The D-backs played really, really well, okay? They got to Burns early. Um, the Brewers did a good job by getting to, um, oh, what's his name? The rookie. Brandon uh, the, the Dimeback. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, they got to, they, they did a good job getting to him early. But it's, it's unpredictable baseball. And, you know, the, the, the scenario with the Brewers all year has been leaving runners on base. The way that they win the game is, by, is with pitching, really. And 
you know, that's why I come back to where I say give credit where credit's due. The Diamondbacks are a good team. You know, they're in this position for a reason. Yes, they're the sixth, uh, they're the sixth seed, but still, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. And we saw this last year. I mean, this is the kind of the new, you know, thing with uh, with with uh, MLB playoffs. It's very unpredictable, and I don't think you can predict. You know, what's going to happen or who's going to play well? I, I think, yeah, in my opinion, it's just one game. You know, it's the best of three series, so they can come out tomorrow, win, and then they can win game three. But Dunbacks are a good team. You know, they got. They, I think they have a good, a better lineup than the Brewers. Um, you know, pitching, I think the Brewers have a better pitching team. But, you know, <laughs> you got to score runs. This is the postseason. You know, you got to do what you got to mm-hmm. do. Amen. Yeah, I appreciate the call there. I, I I agree entirely. I mean, it's postseason. All bets are off. We, we've said the story a million times. The Phillies' last team in, they go all the way to the World Series. Diamondbacks, you could argue they are technically the last team in in the National League uh, as the sixth seed. And you never know what can happen. And that's the beauty of playoff baseball. That's the beauty of sports. You don't know. You play ball. You see what's going to happen. Uh, I appreciate the call there as well. Let me get to a few more texts here before I get back to the phone lines. This is a fan-driven show. I love the participation. Love the honesty tonight. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Ricky and Honey Creek, a great way to start the game. But the finish was crap. <laughs> I appreciate that. Bases loaded, no out in the bottom of the fifth. Two base running mistakes. Burns and Devin weren't great. How do you expect to go deep in the playoffs with only three runs and leave 11 runners? You're right. You're absolutely right, Ricky. That's why they lost this game today. I agree entirely. I disagree, though, as you continued on. The bullpen was overused. The bullpen was fresh, and quite frankly, it's the postseason. All hands on deck. Everybody needs to get going. And the bullpen was pitched was pitching great, and there's no reason to believe that guys like Uribe and Milner and uh, Piomps can't go back-to-back. Uh, I might hesitate for Devin Williams, given he threw 31 pitches, but I'm sure Devin's going to want the ball tomorrow. Uh, I could see those guys going back-to-back. I'm not so sure about Piguero. But the real reason why the bullpen was overused is because Corbin Burns didn't get out of the fifth inning. Right, you can't sit here and say, "Oh no, like we use too much bullpen." No, you got to look at your ace and say, "You got to get at least five innings in a postseason game," and he didn't get that done. That's why you feel the way that you do right now about the bullpen. I am still totally confident with the bullpen, including Devin, because they kept this a one-run game for the majority of the contest. The Brewers didn't get the hit. The bullpen kept them in it. The bullpen should not be a scapegoat tonight. The bullpen did great, and I know Devin gave up two in the ninth. This game should have been something like six to four or six to three at that point with what the Brewers had opportunity wise to get some runs home. Text from Ryan and Waukesha. What needs to happen for Winker to get an injury substitution for him? Then do the Brewers add Mitchell or Rowdy or due to Santana's wrist? Well, Santana played the rest of the game. We saw Santana roll an ankle way worse than he jammed that wrist. I imagine uh, it is going to take a lot more than that to take him out of the postseason right now. I think Santana's still in there. And I mentioned it in the first segment. The Brewers have an opportunity to right a wrong, if you will. And they're going to defend their decision with Jesse Winker. And that's what they're going to do. That's not surprising, but I just want to read the quote today from Craig Council pregame about Jesse Winker. He was asked, with Winker specifically, I know his numbers in Nashville were good. What did you see? What were the reports you were getting in AAA? And since he cor- did he turn a corner since July? Here's what Craig Council had to say about that. I think Jesse has had a rough season here for sure. He's had injuries, hasn't performed the way he wanted. Ultimately, that decision was we have to pick a bat. And we have to feel, we have to pick the guy in a pinch hit situation. Who do we want up there? 
We just had to make that choice. They are living and dying with that decision. They wanted Jesse Winker up in the eighth inning, and he struck out. And if he drew a walk, if he drew a single, if he got a knock, if, if he hit a, a home run for all we know, it would have been, it wouldn't have made it a great decision, but you would feel like you're a genius. There still is an opportunity to say, look, if, if his oblique is actually bothering him, and you're hesitant to go to him on the bench in a pinch hit situation, he, he, he shouldn't be on the roster. So if, if this gives Rowdy a way back in or Mitchell a way back in, and we'll talk about this with Greg a little bit, I, I think the Brewers are certainly going to be consider, uh, considering it right now. Uh, go Brewers, listen to you all summer with my dog Teddy walking in the morning. No reason to panic, but need to get these runners on base in. Their bullpen is not deep. We've got them. Uh, Alex and Wabatosa need positivity to help me. Give me some legit hope for the Brewers to win the series. Let's talk about Freddie. Freddie's going tomorrow. Freddie was one of the best pitchers in the second half this season. He gets strikeouts. He's facing a team that, yes, they were good at bats, but they didn't really nibble. You know, they didn't really, they were okay with taking pitches on the corners. And I'm not making this an umpire show. I'm just not doing it. There's enough calls in a game. There's enough moments in a game that you can't blame it on the umpire. And maybe this is a team that's going to be over-aggressive against a guy like Freddie Peralta, and you can match up very well with him. And then you got Wade Miley or Colin Ray or a mixture of the two for game three and figure it out from there. That's how I feel about things right now. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Let me get to uh, Reno calling live from the car. Reno, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Oh, we, we lost Reno, so I was making sure that we had the name right, and we lost Reno. So uh, let me get out to uh, Clifford. You're listening live from Janesville. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Dom, game full of, game full of up and downs, you could say. Um, no kidding. I don't know. I think the I think the crowd was in it for the most part. Um, you get. I pretty much just wanted to say two things. One's been touched on quite a bit with Winker. I mean, the fact that Council let him even sniff a twenty-six man roster, let alone bat in the eighth inning in a one-run game, is crazy. He should have to take a breathalyzer before even stepping out into that dugout. Um, the other thing, I thought it was kind of hard for the fans to get in the game with all the stoppage due to the replays. I thought the replays kind of took over for a little bit, kind of got the fans distracted for a while. I'd like to know what you thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, replay, we know how it is in baseball. Everybody gets an extra challenge now in the postseason. Uh, I- I'm all in favor of getting the call right. It was certainly controversial uh, on the call for Yelich at second. Did he swim in? Did he not? But you shouldn't have put yourself in that situation. But, I mean, let's be honest. Replay might have helped out the Brewers on the caught stealing with uh, Yoel Piams on the mound when they had to strike him out, throw him out to get Corbin Carroll. Because if he was ruled safe on the field, I imagine that call would have stood as well. So replay is replay. I understand why people complain about it. Another reminder, uh, the worldwide leader brings in more commercials. The postseason have longer commercial breaks, so a little bit more uh, pacing to the game. It was a a three-and-a-half-hour game despite only nine runs being scored in the contest. It was just one of those games. I got a lot more texts rolling in. Would love to see hear some more calls as well. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Want to thank the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit SAMilwaukee.org to help today. Take a breather. 855-616-1620. Stay with us. WTMJ. Welcome back, Dom Catronio, and now Greg Matic is oh, with hey. us here on uh, WTMJ. Thanks for joining us. A lot of uh, 
fan commentary so far. We're going to hear from Corbin Burns here in this segment as well, what he had to say post game. Let me just bring you in here, Greg, as we listen to a lot of fans. I want to hear more from you guys, 855-616-1620. I mean, a 3 nothing dream start and Corbin Burns is on the mound. This is generally how you draw it up, and then Corbin Burns – looked human what, what what were your takeaways from this one you know listening to corbin talk after the game it, we asked him about the pitches that he gave up home run balls to and he, he thought you know just one of those was kind of a groove ball otherwise he threw a nice cutter threw a change up uh he thought his pitch execution was okay uh admitted to laboring a little bit and he had 34 pitches after two innings i know there were zeros on the scoreboards for the diamondbacks but i had noted at the time that 34 pitches seemed like a lot of work to get out of those two innings and the diamondbacks were being patient with him and then their second time through in the lineup is when they took advantage and they scored that little burst of runs three in the third inning and one in the fourth to chase burns out of the game but you know the storyline of the game and i know there's a lot of people frustrated about jesse winker believe me get in line behind me i've I've not been on the jesse winker bandwagon really since the get-go but this storyline to me is about the diamondbacks producing six runs against two all-star pitchers that mm-hmm. the Brewers have, right? I mean, there was a great play made by Evan Longoria. There was some dumb luck and, you know, an inch there and an inch here, and you're talking about maybe a different game. But Arizona hit Corbin Burns hard their second time through the lineup. Devin Williams lost command of his changeup in the ninth. Those are two of the Brewers' best pitchers, and the Diamondbacks scored six earned runs against them. Mm-hmm. It's And the Brewers, in the meantime... They struggled with runners in scoring position. We've seen that song and dance over and over. And maybe they could have put themselves in a position where they don't need to rely on a one-run deficit from the majority of the game using all of their leverage arms. And Devin probably would have pitched today regardless, given it is a playoff game. But, I mean, the Brewers should have had the lead for the majority of this game, and they never give them chance, you know, after the after the Brewers threw the first punch of the game, they never threw another punch. They never got a chance to take the lead back, never even tied the game after the Diamondbacks took the lead in that fourth inning. I, mean, I remember we looked. I looked at you in the fifth inning, bases loaded, nobody out. I looked at you and said, this has to be it. You have to score a run here. And they didn't. No. And they lost the game. <laughs> no, and it's just, you know, it, it's, it's not dumb luck, right? And Bryce Terang strikes out. Evan Longori makes an incredible play on a, a rocket hit to third. Willie Adamas is probably two inches away from making the correct decision, and then he's able to streak home. You know, another play that, that we're not talking about here that Longoria made, I thought was an incredible play. Willie Adamas is at the plate. He hits a rocket down the line. Longoria snares it. His throw to first is late. Adamas makes it, but that's a double, right? That is a double out of the box for Willie Adamas. Less than 20 seconds later, Josh Donaldson hits a ball to Longoria, and it's a 5-4-3 double play, right? If Willie is standing on second, you're talking about getting one out at first, retiring Donaldson, assuming the pitch sequence is the same, and then you still have a runner in scoring position, and that is the tying run. So even when it felt like the Brewers were starting to get something moving in the right direction, boy, it felt like Evan Longoria was at the, at the end of it all on defense for the Diamondbacks, sort of thwarting any opportunity. It, it looked like 2008, Evan Longoria in the World Series as a rookie against the uh, the Phillies, and we all know how to do it. 2008 ended for the Brewers. Uh, I want to hear from Corbin Burns. I'm going to get to the callers on the line here, Brendan, uh, Brenda, Tyler, and Phil. I'm going to get to you guys in just a moment. I do want to hear from Corbin today, since uh, this is some audio here that you only hear on WTMJ. Here's what Corbin Burns had to say uh, to Greg Batsik and the rest of the media earlier tonight. First time through, we did well. Wow. Um... You know, we attacked the zone, got ahead, um, got weak contact, got out when we needed to. Um, second time through, we just made too many mistakes up in the up in the zone. Um, the ball Carroll hit wasn't a wasn't a wasn't a bad changeup, but um, 
you know, a hitter like that um, does well with, with changes in zone. Um, so we just got to be better there. And then the next pitch that Marte hit was just an elevated cutter. Um, then the the next inning, the was an elevated slider Marino. So it was it was just um, you know lack of, of executing pitches. Um, and in a, in a postseason game, um, you know, giving up homers like that, it's uh, it's a difference maker. Did, did anything change in their attack that you saw the second time through? No, they were uh, you know they, they they were more waiting it out. They weren't super aggressive. Obviously, a couple of guys lined up were aggressive, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of pitches tonight that, that could have gone both ways um, as far as, you know, on the edge of the zone, at the bottom of the zone that, um, you know, give you an 0-1 versus a 1-0 count. But um, they just did a good job of, of, you know, not chasing a ton of pitches. Um, and when I left the ball up, they uh, they didn't miss. Adam, all right. Corbin, were you see you analyzing these starts very analytically in the process? Can, can you describe just the disappointment of, you know, seeing a lead slip away, knowing that, in a three-game series, it's it, every game is so important. Yeah, I mean the the offense did a great job coming out and, and swinging the bats and scoring runs early. Um, and I just did a poor job after that of uh, you know, executing pitches. It's really it's really all it comes down to. Um, when I was executing pitches the first couple of innings, we got quick outs and um, a lot of ground balls, some strikeouts. Um, and then when I stopped executing pitches, um, you know, they didn't miss. Um, you know, credit to our bullpen there in the middle innings for, for covering a bunch of innings and, and keeping us in the game. And um, offensively, we were just you know one big hit away and a couple of those innings from, from kind of blowing it open and, and running away with it. But um, yeah, I mean the Diamondbacks they stuck in there. They they took some good IBs and then uh, obviously they had a big hit there at the end. Corbin, they've got some pretty good guys throwing the next couple of days. Um, down 0-1, how do you guys size up this the challenge that's ahead of you? Yeah, you still got to go out there and compete. Um, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter who it is on any given day. You can go out there and lease some pitches up and and uh, hit a couple homers and um, you know change the game pretty quickly. It's what happened tonight. Um, you know, Gallon has had a great year. Um, Kelly had a great year, but um, you still got to go out there and, and pitch and and get outs. And um, it doesn't really matter what you've done up to this point. You got to go out and, and perform. If there's if there's fans sitting here, you know, saying, "Oh, Burns," and he wasn't himself, all that stuff, and then they're afraid of Gallon and Kelly. I mean, I, doesn't it cut both ways, right? If, if you're sitting here complaining about Burns, like, how could this happen to Burns? Who's to say it can't happen to Gallon and Kelly the next two nights? No, it for sure it can. I think you're coming into this series, all you hear about is the Brewers' backbone, and that is pitching. And then it, it takes a dent when Brandon Woodruff is ruled out. But okay, you still have a couple of all-star starters and a lefty in Wade Miley who has been incredibly effective when healthy, and you've got a great back end of the bullpen. Well, then you get to Burns. And then you make Devin throw 31 pitches. And he said in the clubhouse, he said it right to me, I plan on being available. It's up to counsel if he wants to use me tomorrow. It's a do-or-die situation. So if he's called upon to pitch, right, you need him to throw, right? He's 31 pitches into his night tonight because he doesn't have command. That doesn't help him for tomorrow, but he will be available for tomorrow. But if you're the Diamondbacks, you feel pretty good about what you did tonight. You chased Burns after four innings. You got into the bullpen. You used pretty much every high-leverage arm. Uh, Brewers still have a couple they can go to. Everybody will be available tomorrow, I would have to imagine. Uh, but you got to feel confident coming into this situation, defeating a team's ace, getting to their closer in the ninth, uh, and playing great defense as well, which by and large the Diamondbacks did. They, they did. Both teams played great defense, this extraordinary defense by the Diamondbacks. Let me get to a few callers here. You've been waiting patiently. Uh, Brenda, you have been waiting through. You're calling in from the car. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. 
Hi, good evening. Um, yeah, I was at the game, and I definitely disagree with the person about the crowd not being into it. They were definitely into it at the right mm-hmm. time. They did get quiet, especially after the four runs were scored. Um, so, you know, that was kind of disappointing. But, like, when the bases were loaded, everybody was on their feet, yelling and screaming. And, you know, so the crowd did get back into it quite a few times. Obviously, I would say once they hit that in the ninth, people were leaving in droves, let me tell you. Um, mm-hmm. But... Other than that, what's disappointing to me is that they got to where they are because of all the young guys. And to put in Winker instead of one of the other guys, even Telez or anybody, we were like, what is going on? Like, we were just in the stands scratching our heads going, why him? You have so many other people that are hotter hitters right now. Um, Weimer, I mean, there's so many guys that are hot that were on the bench that why would you do Winker? And he's kind of been disappointing all season. So, uh, you know, I'm not a necessarily Winker hater, but every time I've seen him play, he hasn't really produced a whole lot. Um, And then just they got to take advantage of guys being on base. I mean, there were so many times, almost every inning, there were people on base, and they left them on base. Amen. Absolutely, you're right. And the pitching's got to clean up. Of course. Of course. Appreciate the call there, Brenda. It was just kind of disappointing. (laughs) Of course. Of course. I mean, it's it's game one, you lose. It's a three-game series. There's urgency. There's absolutely disappointment. And then on to the Winker point, I, I really like this tweet I just got here, Greg. This is from uh, Matt on my Twitter, at Dom underscore Catronio. I was there tonight, Dom, and when uh, that place turned almost confrontational when Jesse Winker came in. Never seen anything like that. I mean, it, I don't want to make this the Jesse Winker show because we're kind of borderlining on that. He was not the reason the Brewers lost this game. I want to make that 100% clear. He was not the reason the Brewers lost this game. Corbin Burns gave up three home runs. The Brewers went three for 11 with runners in scoring position, and they ended the game one for nine with runners in scoring position after a great start. That was not the reason they lost the game. So it can be head-scratching. We can't talk about that moment. And it was a one-run game at the time, and it was a moment. But that's not the only reason they lost this game. Well, it's a collection of moments that make up, uh, at that time, a one-run game. You're hanging on every thread, right? we got to get something going. We need a rally started. Nothing says rally killer like Jesse freaking Winker entering the batter's box. You want to destroy a rally before it starts? Put that guy in the batter's box. I don't think fans were booing him I think they were booing the decision to put him in, mm-hmm. booing the decision to have him on the roster, mm-hmm. right? None of this makes sense. None of it at all. You cannot show me the metrics that exist that indicate he is a better, more productive at bat in that situation than Garrett Mitchell. I'm not going to believe it. I will not believe it that a guy hitting 199 with one home run who hadn't had a major league at bat since July 24th is your first option off the bench? Right. Are you insane? Mm-hmm. Jesse Winker's last at-bat was tonight. He will never have another at-bat for the Milwaukee Brewers, and his last at-bat should have been July 24th. I don't understand the decision to have him on the roster. They might say this oblique thing is a bigger thing than it really is. Who knows? He's done. That is it. The experiment is over. They tried to get cute with Jesse Winker on the roster, and it backfired in the situation they had to use him in. He's only on the roster to get a walk. What's he going to do, leg one out? Right. Is he going to hit one to the gap? No. Is he going to play defense? Is he going to do something to help the team on that side of the ball, too? You can't. You have to take him out as soon as he gets on base. you got to use two for the price of one. It just never made sense. So it, it, I, It's totally mind-boggling to me. So in that situation, there were better options, in my opinion, available. 
I would rather roll the dice with, dice with Andrew Monasterio, who likely would have been used as a pinch runner had Winker made it to first base. But that wasn't even a competitive at bat. That was a joke. That was an absolute joke played in front of 40,000 fans at American Family Field. That's it. The experiment is over. He will not be on the roster, I don't believe, at this time tomorrow. Who knows? The Brewers may not be in it anymore at this time tomorrow. Hopefully they are. But I, there was a head-scratching decision to me. As soon as I saw the roster, I just threw my pen in the air. What are they trying to accomplish with this? Made no sense. Justin in Sun Prairie agrees from you on the text line. Every year, Brewers fans ask for more offense. Every year, get disappointed. There's the whole postseason roster construction. No Telez, but Owen Miller. No Mitchell, but Winker. That makes no sense. I get Miller has d- defense versatility, but the Brewers need power. Rowdy has that no matter how poor he performed. And I, I, I'm glad he pointed out the fact that Rowdy did perform poorly in September uh, this is a good point from Ed, and I'll, I want to briefly touch on this here on the text line from Waterford. Burns has not been good since Caratini has not been his catcher. And I know the Brewers tried to force this the last few regular season starts. This wasn't like they sprung this on Corbin Burns out of nowhere to have a new catcher. And I talked to a member of the media earlier today about Contreras' catching, who was asking me, you know, somebody from out of town was asking me, how's it been with him behind the plane? said, he's been great. You know, the metric numbers love him, the, the blocking, the framing, everything. But every now and then, he can get a little emotional when he's not getting calls. Look out for that tonight. And I think we saw William Contreras, you know, in a postseason game that matters, catching in the postseason. Remember, that's not something he really did in the postseason with the Braves. That was all Travis Darno. Catching in the postseason, every pitch leads to the next. You could see it in his body. He's begging for calls. And look, as much as we want to talk about umpires and the zone that Mark Ripperter had, he was right on the majority of those. But you're not going to do yourself any favors by begging, by trying to get another call. Williams, a competitor, I give him credit. I will never complain about competitor, but you got to pick your spots. He threw two out on base tonight. That was a positive for me. Um, but, yes, when they started this uh, maybe a month ago, maybe mm-hmm. three, three starts, starts ago. or so. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. You know, I, 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 you could see why they were doing it. Uh, but I would also give Victor Caratini credit for being an unsung hero on this team because every time that dude was called upon, man, it seemed like he found himself on base. Mm-hmm. Talk about a pro. Not getting a lot of opportunities, but delivering when called upon. I thought he had a marvelous season. As a backup catcher, boy, you could do an awful lot worse than Victor Caratini. I thought he had a really good season. So I was curious to see how they would play that. They went with Mark Hanna at DH. Uh, there may at some point be a time in this postseason if the Brewers go long enough where Contreras is your DH and Caratini gets a, a start behind the plate. Uh, and I don't think you blink an eye at that, right? He's been that effective. I think you can play two catchers. There is some risk there. I get it. But the Brewers could certainly use that from an offensive standpoint, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye to it. I want to get to Tyler. You've been waiting patiently here on the phone lines. Then we'll take a break after this. Tyler, you are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I just want to talk about how disappointed it was yesterday when they thought out Woody wasn't going to be able to go this series and then uh, for the rest of the postseason possibly. But at least we had hoped that Burns and Devin Williams, uh, two top guys, could come in and finish it out. It was just so disappointing that Burns hung a couple pitches, back-to-back home runs. Granted, Corbin Carroll is a great player. Uh, and then uh, a couple innings later, hung another slider. Uh, and I also want to say, people that are saying the Brewers were terrible runners in the scoring position this, this game, they really weren't. They were 3-for-11. Uh, the D-backs were 1-for-10. They just had a lot of three home runs that, that were given up on the hanging sliders. Uh 2021, they went 1-for-26 against the Braves, which was much worse. Uh, I just think the D-backs made some great plays tonight, uh, especially Evan Longoria, a couple of great plays. Uh, and the D-backs' bullpen and their defense played pretty much perfect the entire game. And 
Um, nobody thought that the B-backs would win tonight with a rookie on the mound. Uh, and I'm sure nobody thinks the Brewers can win tomorrow with Gallon on the mound, but the D-backs showing tonight that they, they, they could, and the Brewers can win tomorrow, and they can win the next day. So let's, uh, let's keep the hope up and hopefully win the next two. Thank you. I agree. I absolutely appreciate you waiting through, and thanks for the call there, Tyler. Uh, he brings up the, the point about the runners in scoring position. In fact, the only hit for the Diamondbacks with a runner in scoring position was the double by Christian Walker in the ninth inning. It was the two-run double that made it 6-4. to Otherwise, all the runs were obviously on home runs, and I thought Tyler brought up a good point. You know, Obviously, we've talked about Devin losing his command there in the ninth inning, but you know, I was talking to a member of the media uh, about Christian Walker, uh, the at-bat there, I mean, he had him ahead one and two, and he's asking like, "Well, why, why don't you walk him?" Absolutely not. You're ahead one and two with your best. You got to put him. You got to make him earn it. And he put a pitch down the middle, and Christian Walker's not going to miss it because he's had a phenomenal season. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, about the uh, game itself, some positives, some negatives, what needs to change. Obviously, runners in the scoring position. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Again, eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you want to join us here on the show, we're brought to you in part by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning, all from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning. It's all customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. He's Greg. I'm Dom. Back with more after this on WTMJ. Oh, good choice there. Matt Sossler having some fun with us. Greg Matzik, Dom Catronio, thanks for joining us here on WTMJ. We're going to get to, in this segment, three positives and three areas to improve upon of what looking forward to, because it is time to start kind of looking forward here. Freddie Peralta is getting the ball tomorrow up against Zach Gallen. It's going to be an ace-off. All of the games in the postseason are generally ace-offs. Before we do that, I want to get to the phone lines. Doug and Baraboo, you've been listening all year long. Appreciate you, my friend. You're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, absolutely, Dom. And, and Greg, you know, uh, yeah, we were at the game tonight. We're staying over. We'll be back tomorrow night. And I, I, th- I think Greg nailed it. You know, it's not not the person so Winker so much. I, I know you want to go into something else, but not not the person. It was just the, the decision. I don't know what it came out about ten o'clock this morning or whatever. The the roster was it was kind of shocking. You know, um, uh, my personal choice. I would was hoping to see you know uh, Garrett uh, Mitchell make the team, but I guess I missed a caller that talked about the fans weren't in it. We were we were in it. You know, the, the players are human. Hey, the fans are human too. I mean, how many you know how many times can we get our balloon busted when you when you hit you get something look like you have something going and and, and a double play ends the inning, a base is loaded, you know, and and, and nothing happens. Uh, and again, the players are human, but the fans are human too. I I thought the fans were in it. I mean, till I mean till um, you know, I don't want to say till Winker got up with that. We uh, it just kind of I don't know. There was there was a weird feeling in the crowd at, when, when that happened. But again, not the not the person, but the, the decision to, to have him up. Anyway, that's my two cents. Awesome. Appreciate it, Doug. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening all year long. This is a good text from Ray in you Illinois. Bet. Don't forget the Diamondbacks were a first-place team in their division for quite a while this year. How many times have we seen the low-seed wild-card team sneak up in the postseason and do something? Hopefully the Brewers win the next two and move on. We'll just have to see what happens. And I think of the Giants in the even years back in the early 2010s, the Royals, uh, 2015 magical run that they were on. This is not, you know, foreign that a wild card team shows up. It's one game. We're not going to overreact, but it's it's this is what it's a quote that lives in infamy. But it's true. 
biting the apple. The Arizona Diamondbacks bit the apple. They're in, and anything can happen. The Phillies bit the apple. They got in last year. They made it to the World Series. That's what it looks like when anything can happen in the postseason. Yeah, I was kind of cheering for the Marlins to end up in Milwaukee for this series, <laughs> I'm being candid, right? I mean, it was just, you know, the Cubs would have been a puke fest here at the ballpark. Oh, could you imagine that game tonight with, no, with Cubs just, fans here? No, I just don't want to deal with them anymore. And then you've got Arizona that I, I think is a, a really a solid team. they got a nice lineup. Uh, I don't know if they have the pitching depth that the Brewers do. Very few teams do. But they got by with a rookie tonight. And that's one of my biggest frustrations, that you could not make the rookie pay when you had traffic in the first inning, right? Three straight singles, guys on base. Excuse me, you had a Yelich walk and two singles. You end up getting a run out of that, but then he, he strikes out the side after a mound visit and settles right in. So that was frustrating. You had him on the ropes, it felt like, early. You, you could have turned this thing lopsided right away, and the Brewers did get a crooked number on the board in the second, but it felt like one run in the first was a little light given the way that inning started. Yeah, I agree entirely. Let's get into some keys here. Let's get into what we think about for the game positives and then some things to improve on. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Now is the time to schedule your furnace tune-up with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. You can save 10 bucks on your tune-up as well. That runs through November 15th. Visit seider.com, Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. We're, we each got three positive things and three improvements. So let's start with the positives. Let's keep moving forward. What's number one that you like tonight? Yeah, defense. William Contreras throws out two runners. Uh, that could have changed the tenor of this game when it was a one-run game. You needed every out on the base pass you possibly could. And there was some traffic on the base pass tonight. But Contreras throwing out two base dealers, one at third, one at second on a strike him out, throw him out, double play. That was fantastic. Also, Tyrone Taylor in the ninth hole, and we talked about this when we were watching the game. He is such a nice complement to the top of the order, and you saw it pay off with his home run. You know, Bryce Terang is in the number eight hole. You go to Tyrone Taylor, who has had an incredible second half of the season, shown the power, shown the leather, done a little bit of everything. That was by design. So I like Tyrone Taylor in the ninth inning. You know, he's two inches away from having four RBI and a double to go along with that two-run home run. And then the middle relief, the Uribe, Milner, Piamps. This is first opportunity in the postseason for these guys. And they were outstanding, not scored upon at all. And uh, as our caller mentioned previously, Arizona one for ten with runners in scoring position. Uribe, Milner, Piamps. Kind of in the heart of all that. Yeah, that was that's some, that's some great stuff as well. I, I overlapped with you on the William Contreras call. I mean, first time he's thrown out multiple runners in a game since last season when he was catching with the Braves. He's only done it previously twice in the regular season. And lo and behold, he does it against the Diamondbacks, the team that had the second most stolen bases in baseball. And that was one of my five keys from yesterday's preview show control the chaos. The Diamondbacks slogan is embrace the chaos because they run so much, because they have so much speed. And William Contreras just by his performance tonight has made them, oh well, uh, maybe uh, like that little bit of hesitation is going to matter for the rest of the series. The second thing I love today is just the bottom half of the order, period. And I know Sal Freelick, it, it, it's been a weird stretch for him. He had come in over his last 19. Uh, he got an infield hit and then a little you know, a squibber into the right field. He got a couple of hits today, but then Willie three hits today. Nearly could have been a double. Uh, Donaldson got a pair of hits at the seventh spot. Terang drew the, had the sacrifice bunt, drew the key walk in the third inning, obviously struck out with the bases loaded, but it can't be everything for him on a solid-ish day at the plate. And then Tyrone, of course, the home run and was not even three inches away from it being an RBI double. 
The bottom half of the order has been the story of this team the entire second half of the season and what they've been able to do, lengthening the order and being great. And then finally, for me, my last positive of all of this is kind of a, a roundabout way of saying you saw the bullpen of the Diamondbacks. Now, the Diamondbacks' bullpen has been their Achilles all year long. They're a middle of the pack to bottom half of the pack in almost every metric when it comes to bullpen ERA, things of that nature. But now you've seen everybody. you got eyes on it. You see what it looks like. You see what Paul, uh, Paul Seawalt's sweeper looks like out of his hand. Kevin Ginkle blew the doors off the place in the eighth inning. I don't think that's going to happen again if they see him tomorrow or, or on uh, Thursday if there's a game three. The Brewers, you, you always say, you know, the third time through against a starter is dangerous. A second and third time against a reliever is just as dangerous in the postseason as these series go on and you get at-bats against guys like that. That's good stuff. You know, it was not a lack of traffic tonight. Every starter reached base with the exception of Marcana. Five out of six innings, the Brewers had at least one runner left on base, unfortunately, but they had the leadoff guy on base in, in five of six innings to start this game. Like, they had the opportunities, and I guess that it's it's one thing to not have the opportunities, and then we're talking about a dismal night for the offense, and, well, the pitching wasn't sharp and the offense wasn't there. Well, the run production wasn't there, but the traffic most certainly was, and in 12 hits and four walks, 11 on base, oh, that's the out-of-balance stat that jumps off the page, 11 on base after you put guys on base left and right throughout the game. And they left the season high for the regular season was 12. So, I mean, this is just yeah, truly right an anomaly-type games. Uh, we're going to get to our what needs to improve here, but I do want to get to a caller that's been waiting patiently. Charlie and Oshkosh, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi, Dom. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. You um, just to get a few things off my chest, uh, I was shocked when I saw Winker on the roster. I, I'm thinking kind of a slap in the face to guys who have worked so hard all year to get them to this spot. Um, you know, if he got on, you had a pinch run for him. You're hoping he gets on. He takes, so it's almost like taking a couple roster spots, you know, to me. But um, And Christian Yelich, where is he going on that play? The tying run, bottom of the six, nobody out. Um, I mean, I'm just shocked that he rounded that far, and there's just nowhere to go. So, I mean, uh, Martel was running towards third base. So, you know, there's no way he was going to beat him there. It just that was, I thought, a huge play. And um, I guess I was surprised to see Williams pitch when you're losing in the ninth, and then he throws about over 30 pitches. Holy cow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's tough. Uh, you might disagree with me, but um, I was kind of surprised Freelich didn't score in that base hit by Donaldson. He, he kind of stopped, turned around turned himself around. It was clearly a base hit, and it was a little bit towards left center, um, and they didn't score. Bases loaded, nobody out. The last 12 games, uh, we've been in the playoffs, we were 2-10. So, um, um, I hope tomorrow's a better day. So, thanks guys. Take care. Appreciate it, Charlie. And on the South Freelick play, I'm not sending him there 100 times out of 100. I'm not sending Alec got It was a one-hopper to Alec Thomas. He's got a green arm. He's going to be a candidate for a gold glove. Uh, that you can't make the first out of the inning at the plate in that situation because then you'd have runners at first and second and one out. I'm fine. You should be able to score a run with bases loaded, nobody out. I think that's right, I, and I think that's the calculus. You don't want to make that first out at third. You really don't want to make it at home mm-hmm. either because you're looking at that point not only to get a run across but take a lead, maybe break this thing open a little bit. So uh, that didn't bother me at all. You know, we talked about the Yelich play, and, and it was interesting because that, that play with that Longoria snared the ball um, – 
and just you know didn't come up with the throw, wasn't able to make the throw, but still had the ball in his possession. You know, you had shortstop and third base converging, and and it left third base open. And and you had noted this that maybe just for a split second, Yelich thought, oh boy, like there's a wide open third base. I can I can outrace whoever's going to try and get to third. I can outrace them to the bag, thinking that maybe Longoria would either throw the ball to first base, forcing a throw back to third, or at the very least he just sort of hangs on to it. But he's got nobody to get into a rundown with because Yelich is already on his way to third base. I think even that split second decision is what cost Christian. I, I think as soon as he rounded it and saw that Longoria still had the ball in his hand and was even looking, it was the I'm dead yes, kind yeah. of moment, right? I, I, I think I get what he was trying to do. Um, risky, I think, either way. Uh, but I also would like to see another replay that, that showed conclusively that Christian was out on the tag. Because yeah, I've, not, I've not seen that. We don't see every replay. The ones I saw, I didn't see it. Right, and the fact that he was called safe on the field, and that, that means they say they had indisputable uh, clear evidence to say that he was out. So that, that may, you, you pointed out, yeah, the, the reason why Christian was rounding second so hard is because he assumed the throw was going to go to first by Longoria as soon as he bobbled that baseball. I think he was going to go to third regardless when Longoria was going to throw to first because he realized with Longoria charging in front of the shortstop, making that play, Perdomo was late covering third. If you're Perdomo, as soon as Longoria gets that baseball, you got to sprint for third to make sure, and he wasn't doing that. So Yelich was making a heads-up play until it wasn't, and he got nabbed. Let's get you out of there on this with the three things they need to improve on heading into the rest of the series if they're going to win this. Yeah, I, I think it's 11 strikeouts. That really jumps off the page. We can talk about runners left on base. It's sort of tied together here, but 11 strikeouts tonight, that's it. That's an inflated total. Uh, Mark Canna really struggled in the cleanup hole, and he had some opportunities. Uh, not making a rookie pay in his first opportunity in the postseason. You had fat on the ropes early. You did. You really did. And to come out of there with one run, I know you're feeling like, okay, then Tyrone gets the home run. It felt like the damage should have been more significant early in that game. You knew he wasn't going to go terribly long, and I felt like there was an opportunity. But he settled, to his credit, and struck out the side in the first inning after allowing that run. You could have had him on the ropes there. That was a source of frustration. Um, And I like the small ball usage early in the game. The run-scoring environment is going to be challenging in this series, especially with Zach Gallen. But candidly, I'd like to see better decision-making off the bench. Mm -hmm. I'm pointing right at Jesse Winker. There's no reason he should have been in a pinch hit capacity tonight. Absolutely zero. Doesn't make sense to me at all. And when you've got limited opportunities and you need to start a rally, he is not the player you turn to. I don't understand why he was turned to. Yeah, and I think he's going to be off the roster here moving forward. And again, if they they are fearful in any hesitation of that oblique, they should not put him on the I.L., they have survived the entire second half without him, and they'll be fine. Uh, my thing here is flush it. You need to make sure that – I know you're going to be talking about Woodruff, and a couple of texts have said you have to think the Woodruff announcement affected this team. Freddie Peralta, remember he, I remember he started the home opener. He was so jazzed up for it. He got 10 strikeouts in that game. It was electric here in that game as well. And the guy that we saw in August turning that corner – that's the guy that needs to walk through the door tomorrow. If Freddie Peralta, I'm just asking, I'm not asking for a million strikeouts, but I'm asking for Freddie Peralta to set the tone. Right? He'll give up homers too. That's a, certainly a concern. But if Freddie's going to come in and set the tone those first three innings tomorrow and say, no, no, I'm August Freddie Peralta right now, good luck. 
we're coming back here for game three. That can set the tone to Zach Gallon on the other side. The second thing, obviously, you need to improve is so simple. It's the hits with runners in scoring position. But I had a realization. It's not just hits with runners in scoring position. There were two plays that kept this from happening. Of the 12 hits tonight, 11 of them were singles. I mean, obviously, Longoria robbed yeah. two doubles. But... Nothing to the gaps, a couple of broken bats, a couple of infield hits. Nothing was really hit that square for the Brewers. And this is the postseason. You're always facing good pitchers. You need to vary it up a little bit. You need to find a way to get doubles, hit something down the line, pull a ball, do something. And I know this team loves to put the ball in play. And 12 hits generally is going to win more games and it loses you. But today was one of those things. Uh, And lastly... The thing that I'm looking out for for the rest of this series is the bullpen. They used a lot of the bullpen today. We've talked about the concerns with Elvis Piguero going in back-to-back games. You all Piomps going in back-to-back games with the amount of fatigue that they've been dealing with. You say that Devin Williams is going to make himself available tomorrow. In my opinion, it's the postseason. It's all hands on deck. I'd be shocked if he's not available tomorrow. He is going to be pitching tomorrow. This is what you live for. But how much of the bullpen was just exposed? Hope he only threw six pitches. He can give you multiple innings tomorrow. Abner can go again tomorrow. Uh, you still got McGill waiting back there. Uh, I still think the bullpen's in good shape. But the guys like Piguero and Piomps. That's those are the two guys that I'm circling. Yeah, they did well. First opportunities uh, in Hobie Milner has been just unbelievable throughout the course of this season. I mean, really unbelievable. Kind of another unsung hero, I would say, because uh, he doesn't throw 103 like a couple of guys do down there. So maybe he gets lost in the weeds. But every time that dude comes in, it's soft contact, left and right guys just cannot figure him out. Uh, so you know he'll be good tomorrow if needed. But you don't get to Thursday unless you get Wednesday figured out. So if, if you need Devin Williams tomorrow and he's the difference between winning a game and not seeing Thursday, worry about Thursday when you get there, right? I mean, handle your business tomorrow with uh, the best you can, and, and I have confidence Devin will bounce back. This was one of his worst outings of the year in a non-safe situation, mind you. Uh, you just didn't have command of his best pitch, and, and that set him back. Amen. Amen. Greg, appreciate you as always, my friend. You bet, man. Let's do it again. We're going to hear from Craig Council in just a moment. i got a few more texts to read, a lot more texts to read, quite frankly. 855-616-1620. Really appreciate all the fans chiming in tonight. We'll be with you again tomorrow night, hopefully getting ready for a Game 3. But don't worry, we'll be here for the shoulder to cry on. If not, Greg Matzik here on WTMJ. We're going to hear from the skipper coming up next after this on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. A few more texts to get to. We're going to hear from Craig Council in a moment, 855-616-1620. Nate in Libertyville down in Illinois. Most of the Brewers looked really tense tonight. This is understandable, but they need to slow the game down mentally and play with some confidence tomorrow. A lot First postseason game for a lot of these guys, and it's a different animal no matter what you say. And I'm also not going to say that there were Diamondbacks that didn't look tense. There were plenty of guys that looked tense on that side. That's what the postseason is all about. But I don't think you're wrong there, Nate. Appreciate the text as well. There were a lot of calls that could have gone either way. This is from the 262 area code. And a lot of plays and decisions that left us wondering what would have happened on those plays. Calls or decisions change. I guess we'll never know. I'm not going to make anything about the strike zone. The replay seemed to have confirmed the calls that needed to be made. Yellow one, we didn't get a clear view. It is what it is. It's don't don't go three for eleven with runners in scoring position. We could be talking about a very different uh, thought of the game. This one from the eight one five area code. Freelich standing five feet off first base didn't run Yelich or Freelich when we had the chance. Uh, why not? Why not Rowdy over Jesse Winker? I was out the game. They lost the crowd when Winker came into the game. Uh, and then finally, this one from the seven zero eight. You can't tell me the Woody situation didn't affect the crew's vibe. The crew is cursed. Now hang on, the curse. Easy with that word now. Curse. We don't like curses around here. But nonetheless, a disappointing day. And I appreciate everyone's input. And there's a 
a great thread on my Twitter right now. I just simply said, hey, what would you say on the text line with your thoughts? You thought, and everyone was honest, but let's not overreact. They're backers against the wall. Absolutely. This is what legends are made of. This is what great stories are made of. The Brewers were up 2-0 back in 2011, heading to Arizona. Like, oh, psh, they got this. No big deal. Then they lose those two games in Arizona. Then they come back here. like, all right, well, Giovanni Gallardo, here we go. Obviously, this is a little tighter window to get it done. But the Brewers certainly have Freddie Peralta going tomorrow. They'll have a combination of Miley and Ray and a figure-it-out type game if they can force a game three. But... I want to see the Brewers put their best foot forward tomorrow and actually see what they can do because we know what this team can do when they put their best foot forward, and it's really talented and it's really special. But if not, uh, they're going to be packing their bags early, and it's going to be a very, very sad end to the season. Let's hear from the manager after Game 1 of the Wild Card Series. Here's Craig Council from earlier tonight after the game. I just looked at the home runs. Um, you know, the changeups been a pitch that... There hasn't been a lot of damage on for sure, and he did, you know, give give Carroll credit. The cutter was, I don't think the cutter was in, it was in. Um, probably looking for it in that situation. The slider to Moreno was, you know, that was probably a hang, a little bit hanging for sure. Um, and they did a nice job, you know, and they, they, you know, not only hit him hard, they hit him out of the park. Um, and that's that's obviously, that's damage. Um, and that's that's runs on the board pretty fast. And, you know, that's, that was the story of it for Corbin. The stuff he gave up was was damage, unfortunately. Craig, his stuff looked pretty sharp the first time through. Did something change for the D-backs the second time through that you saw? I thought they hit some balls hard, but I don't, I don't think anything changed for Corbin. Uh, Craig, uh, obviously Longoria made some really good plays tonight, but um, was this about as... Uh, frustrating a game offensively as you can remember in recent memory a lot of opportunities and just couldn't cash many in yeah i mean we look we did a great job putting pressure on them um you know for the five of the first six innings like and, and really you know all those six innings i think the leadoff runner felt like he was on probably five out of those six um so we, we did a nice job there um yeah and then we you know, the, the Taylor ball was a, was a big play in the game for sure. Um, Longoria made a great play, and we got we got caught off there. We caught a bad break, kind of on the on the on the when Yelich got you know called out at second base. Um, nothing, you know, kind of just just making the turn and the bobble, and um, you know, kind of what are you going to do there? Um, and so yeah, we had some we had some chances. Obviously, we had a chance in the third. Um, but they they made pitches. Their bullpen their bullpen did a really nice job. Up on the right. Just first first game two starter. Will that do you have that yet? Or uh, we're going to discuss and we'll have it. We'll have should have it soon. Okay. Craig, just no matter how you who you start two versus three, just how big a wrench does this throw into? The plan, including Devin Williams having to throw 31 pitches tonight, and sort of the idea of having this deep group of pitching. Yeah, I mean, look, it's you know, in a, in a three-game series, you you lose game one, your back's up against the wall, um, and and you 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 faced adversity, and we got to respond to it. Um, it's simple as that. So we'll be fine in the bullpen tomorrow. Um, no no concerns there, and um, we got to just come out and play a good game. 
Craig, did, did Jesse get hurt there on that swing? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he has an oblique issue there. I haven't... Um, I haven't spoken with the trainers yet to see the to see where we're at with it. Did you think Adamus needs to be a little more alert on that, or is that do you just kind of tip your hat to Longoria on that play? Um, you mean on the, the line drive? Yeah, I mean I think you know it's it's look it's difficult. I mean I think he probably read over his head, um, and it was probably two inches from being over his head, and. Um, and, and it, you know, the, the, unfortunately, that it cost us for sure. So he made an aggressive read. It, was, it turned out to be the wrong one. And that's as simple as it was. That play, the Yelich rounding second, could have kept rallies going. But, again, I will go back to the fifth inning. Bases loaded, nobody out, zero runs. And that was the moment the game was lost. Uh, got to get to a few highlights here coming up in just a moment. If you've got some last-second texts you want to get in uh, across the wire, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 if you want to join us here on the program. want to thank Wintrust, the proud-to-be-Wisconsin's bank and proud partner of the Milwaukee Brewers. Wintrust, different approach, better results. Highlights coming up next from a wacky game one of the wild card series between the Diamondbacks and the Brewers on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Game one, Diamondbacks and Brewers, the best of three series, all three games if necessary. At American Family Field, Corbin Burns for the crew against Brandon Fott for the Diamondbacks. Things started quickly in the bottom of the first for the crew. Leadoff man Yelich drew a walk. William Contreras blooped the broken bat single to put runners on the corners with nobody out for Carlos Santana. The one Ground ball towards the middle. It's a base hit. Yelich scores. Contreras stops at second, and the Brewers have a 1-0 lead. Jeff Levering's call here, and a good start. Did not quite capitalize on it, though. The next three batters would strike out. But nonetheless, in the next inning, they made sure to add on the runs they wanted to get in the first. Tyrone Taylor at the plate. Fly ball deep left. It is way back. It is gone. Tyrone Taylor on a two-strike pitch goes deep for a two-run bomb. Three-nothing Brewers in the second inning. Felt like a dream. It felt like exactly how I was supposed to go. Corbin Burns on the mound, and you're rolling. Then... A little bit of a speed bump in the third inning. At one point, he struck out three batters in a row between the second and third. Then he allowed a single by Geraldo Perdomo. The next batter, Corbin Carroll, rocked a changeup, a no-doubt blast to Toyota territory for a two-run homer to make it a one-run game. And then Cattell Marte on the very next pitch lined a cutter over the short wall in right field to make it a 3-3 ball game. Then three batters later to lead off the fourth inning, Gabriel Moreno hit a no-doubter of his own on a hanging slider from Burns, and all of a sudden, it was 4-3 Diamondbacks. But in the fifth inning, the Brewers formed another rally deep into the Arizona bullpen. Ryan Nelson was the man that took over at that point. Sal Freelich led off with a single through the right side. Willie Adamas went to the opposite way for his single. Then Josh Donaldson lined one back up the middle. It loaded the bases with nobody out. Bryce Terang struck out, but then they went back to the bullpen. Side armor Ryan Thompson had the assignment to take on Tyrone Taylor. Line drive, caught by Longoria at 30, throws to second, and they double up Willie Adamas. 
Oh, my goodness. Evan Longoria, the multiple gold glove winner, shows it off at third base, climbs as high as he can on the ladder, and with the slimmest margin of leather in his glove, pulls down what would have been at least a game-tying hit for Tyrone Taylor. That was the biggest moment of the game. Bases loaded, nobody out. The Brewers couldn't get anything across, but net... It's still just a one-run game, and the Brewers' bullpen came to shine. Abner Uribe threw a zero on the board. Elvis Piguero, in his return, threw a zero on the board. Hobie Milner, across two innings of work, he threw a zero on the board. And it was a big spot in the seventh inning. The speedster, Corbin Carroll, is on first base. Yoel Piams back on the mound in leverage. Had a moment to keep this a one-run game. Another 3-2 coming. Carroll jumping around. There he goes. Pitch, swing and a miss. Throw to second base. Contreras on the bag. Tag. Got him! Strike him out. Throw him out. Double play. In fact, Contreras had threw out another runner in the ninth inning as well. He threw out two runners against the team that has the second most stolen bases in the game. He was phenomenal. But then we go to the ninth inning. Still a one-run game. Brewers still hanging on, trying to make sure this stays one run. They go to their closer, Devin Williams, and it was not his night. He walked the first batter, the nine-hitter, Geraldo Perdomo. Then Carroll drew a walk. He bounced back to strike out Marte, but then he walked Tommy Pham. Now, in between all this, there was the caught stealing, so there's two outs for Christian Walker. In fact, Devin got ahead of him with a one-and-two count. Walker worked the count full. With runners on second and third, he made him pick. Swinging a liner into left center, deep off the wall. It is going to score two, and Christian Walker comes through big time. You can hear the crowd just deflate on that moment, and the Brewers would end up falling by that final score of 6-3. to three. Game two tomorrow, same time, same place. 6-0-8, Freddie Peralta against Zach Gallen. Brewers have to win to survive. Diamondbacks win, and they go to Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers. We'll talk about that game, preview it, and give a few more texts in here as well as we get ready to say goodnight on a wacky night at American Family Field. Back with more after this on WTMJ. All right, last few texts here on the program. Got another few minutes to go. Same broadcast schedule tomorrow. Network coverage will begin at 5.30 for a 6.08 first pitch here at American Family Field. Bob Euchre, Jeff Levering on the call. I will be with you post-game once again, win or lose. And then if there is a Game 3, it will still be a night game on Thursday. It obviously depends on the other series to lock it in, but there is a scenario chart that says Game 3 would be a night game. Let me get to a few of these texts as well. Uh, that have rolled in here. This one from the uh, 262. Gallon is not untouchable. He was fantastic in the first half of the season. He's been just above average in the second half. Peralta has to come out and have a Freddy-type outing, go seven innings while striking out ten. If he can, I'm good with Miley in game three. Uh, got to be optimistic. This one from Mike and Kohler. These guys know what they got to do, but that Winker batting was a stinker. It felt like the air got let out of a balloon. Uh, appreciate the text there, Mike. Three for 11 with runners in scoring position. It's a 273 average. The Brewers had a 270 average with runners in scoring position on the season. Seventh best in baseball. The Brewers had a 111 runner weighted runs created plus with runners in scoring position. That's 100 being league average. Anything above 100 means you're above league average. 111 means they're 11 points above league average. That was eight. In baseball, weird for a numbers guy to be falling on the narratives that don't really affect reality. The Brewers' issue is that the offense this year has been creating runners and scoring opposition uh, opportunities and not executing on the few they get. This one from Red. I don't disagree with you, Red. I agree entirely, but 
in this scenario, you got to look at that three for 11, okay? The first hit with a runner in scoring position for the Brewers, that was the RBI single by Carlos Santana, okay? Then they went over their next three with a runner in scoring position. The next hit with a runner in scoring position was Tyrone Taylor's home run. So that's not a normal hit with a runner in scoring position. You're certainly happy about it. He did damage to the ball. So now at that point, they're rolling two for five with runners in scoring position. Then you look at what they did in the uh, third inning. They went 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. Then what they did in the fifth inning, they went 0 for 2 with the bases loaded, 1 for 3 with runners in scoring position. You see why that misleads you. You go 1 for 3, oh, hey, 3 3 3. But Sal Freelich hit, or uh, Josh Donaldson hit a line drive up the middle. Freelich had to hold up. Not all hits with runners in scoring position are created equal. And for a long time, the Brewers were in the bottom half of just creating opportunities. And I've said this all season long, if you've been listening all year long. I've always been in favor of creating opportunities. And the law of averages say you should succeed more than you fail. And Red, you bring up a good point that they were right along their league averages for the season. With that being said, you can't sit here and tell me that you're happy with the way that the runners in scoring position went tonight. You just can't. This is how baseball goes. You didn't get the hit, and that's the reason why the Brewers were trailing for the majority of the game. But appreciate the text there, read. I always love when data comes into it. I agree entirely with everything you wrote, but I do want to say that bases loaded, nobody out. Run expectancy, if you want to get into some more numbers, are, is a run, at least one run, and they got a zero. That's why. A sack fly doesn't count as a runner in score. It doesn't count as a hit with a runner in scoring position. It certainly still would have been way more productive, obviously, than a strikeout from Bryce Terang. He needed to put the ball in play in that scenario. Uh, this one from the 4-on-4, four four, I agree with Greg's rant on Jesse Winker. He had no business being in the game tonight. Why him? He hasn't played. No reason to think he would get on base, and I think that's become very clear by the end of the night. As to this point, this text, why give Christian Walker a good pitch with room to put him on in the ninth, plus that Winker mover head scratchers. Uh, on the Walker one, Devin was ahead one and two on him. Okay, get it get it done. I'm sorry. Like I, Devin would tell you the same thing. I need to put him away. I was ahead one and two in the count. Yes, the changeup wasn't itself, but it went from one and two to a full count. He had to come back in the zone. Christian knew it. He was ready for a pitch in the zone, and he made him pay. He was ahead one and two in the count. You got to get it done there. If it's a 4 3 game, it feels like you're in it as opposed to a 6 3 game. Devin didn't get the job done to keep this game close in the ninth. He'll be ready for his next opportunity, whether it comes tomorrow or on Thursday. And this was a good point in the game. Uh, crew doing a great job, but with longer commercials, of course, with the postseason, longer commercials. Crowd got amped up with over a minute left before first pitch. Couldn't keep it going up that long. Tonight's game was 50% longer than Thursday. Wonder if it had an impact on the rhythm on the players. Uh, you're, we're all used to slower games uh, in the postseason. Three and a half hours is certainly a long time. A lot of mid-inning pitching changes certainly ruin the rhythm of the game. I think that's a thing, but these are professionals. Uh, they know how to deal with it at this point in their careers. Uh, real quick, a couple of, a number that just jumped out to me that I wanted to say here. The Brewers, in their three-game series this season, you know, they, they, they throughout the year, the majority of your series are going to be three gamers. 20 times this year, they lost the first game of a series. 20 times. They went 5-15 and 15 in those series, meaning five times they lost game one of a three-game series and came back to win the next two. Those teams, Chicago on opening weekend way back in April, the Astros here in May, which ironically... Started with a Corbin Burns start, which he allowed four home runs a season high. Uh, a series at Pittsburgh in July 
at Philly when things started to turn things around, and finally here at home during the final homestand against St. Louis. They've only done it five times. You have to to uh, fix that trend moving forward. And again, the four-run magic number did not happen once again for the crew. They did not reach four runs. When they scored three runs or fewer in the regular season, they were just 16-53 and 53 when they scored at least four runs in the regular season. They were 76-17. and 17. That's an 8-17 winning percentage, the best in baseball. The Brewers, they need to make sure that they continue. I love that they scored first, and it was a rarity that they scored first and lost. They were 60-24 and 24 when they scored first in the game, and they had a three-run lead with their ace on the mound, the guy they wanted to get it done, and they didn't get it done. But it's not over until it's over. We can react when it's over, but it is not over yet. I will end the show the way I started it. I just think back to the last time a team from Phoenix was beating a team from Milwaukee in a postseason series and got out to an early lead and started to get confident, started to talk with the chest out. You're thinking, oh, man, Zach Allen going tomorrow. Oh, man, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they're playing well. Bucks and six back in 2021. Maybe this is the start of a new legendary call for the Brewers. Anything can happen. Freddie Peralta gets the ball tomorrow. He'll be going up against Zach Allen. And then on Thursday if and when they force a Game 3. It will be Merrill Kelly for the Diamondbacks. We don't know yet for the Brewers. Maybe an opener. Maybe Wade Miley. Maybe Colin Ray. There are a lot of options to choose from for the Brewers. But they got to win tomorrow before they start thinking about Thursday. It's all hands on deck tomorrow. You figure it out for Thursday. You don't leave anybody behind. You don't have a chance to say, oh, well, what if what if he's not available for Thursday? It doesn't matter. Everybody's available tomorrow. Get the job done and force a Game 3 here at American Family Field. (sighs) All right. Thank you for everyone's participation tonight. This was constructive. This was fair. And this was a very good discussion. I hope we have a much more positive discussion tomorrow night. My thanks to Greg Matzik, to our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.